I'm Hannah. I'm Dawn. And this is our nostalgic deep dive into Clean Break. Before we start, we'd just like to give a content warning for divorce, domestic abuse, child abuse, body-related issues and fat phobia. If this episode isn't for you, we'll be bringing out plenty more episodes on Jacqueline Wilson's books that you can have a listen to once they're out. So we're back for the second half of Clean Break. Yeah, and so first episode of... Oh wait, no, it's not... It will, will it be... It's not our first episode of 2021. Oh no, it's totally not. <laughs> the first one we recorded in 2021. Yeah, it feels like the first episode of 2021. Yeah. It- the 4th of January today. We uh, are now recording over the phone again, as you probably realised, because um, COVID. Honestly, we'll probably be recording over the phone for a while. Yeah, but... by the state of the country. Yeah. Yeah, so we're on at the second half of Clean Break. And is the second half better than the first? I feel like the second half is less slow than the first half. But it's also where, like, the really bad shit is, in my opinion. Yeah, I guess it gives us more to talk about, maybe. More, yeah. more juicy stuff. <laughs> so we've just left off where the dad has drove off into the night after kidnapping his children. He gave them back, which was good, but he's gone. Yeah, so let's just dive right in. Chapter 8. It's Easter and dad still hasn't returned, though he sent some checks for the kid's mum. The money doesn't cover the kid's maintenance, especially since mum is still paying the rent for dad's fairy shop in hopes that he'll come back. Although the family are trying to get over him together, they remain extremely unhappy, especially Maxie, who freezes every time Dad is mentioned. Vita and M wonder if Maxie has forgotten about Dad. M starts making up stories about Dancer to calm her siblings, and Mam gets Emma notepad so that she can write them down. She starts to use writing as a coping mechanism. When she goes to borrow some of Maxie's pens, she notices that they've all nearly ran out, even though they're relatively new. It turns out that Maxie hasn't forgotten Dad at all, and has been writing him letters on toilet roll and posting them, persuading him to come back. Should we start with the good, maybe? Do you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, I got a few good. I got a few. So I think the whole thing about Maxi was quite good because, like, it wasn't just your very obvious, like, way of showing emotions in, like, little kids, I guess. Yes. Like, he's, like, a younger boy. So you would have thought, I don't know, usually the presenters has been quite loud and open as opposed to, like, the main character yeah. in Jacqueline Wilson's books, but I like how it was even kind of revealed with the felt pin pens being like um, run out. So why they all ran out? And it was like this slow sort of reveal. And it was really sad, like that he's just been writing all these letters. I thought that was quite good. It was like a little mini mystery, wasn't it? Because yeah. there was hints dropped that Maxie was like going to the toilet for a really long time, mm-hmm. but like everyone just like passed it off like, oh well, he's a little boy and he's probably just like messing on in there. And then she puts the pens, and then sort of she caught him taking the pens into the bathroom, I think. Yeah. And then she was like, right, okay, there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. But then you still don't know until right, like, right, right at the very end. I agree. I like that it's it's kind of a Maxi-centred chapter, because obviously with him being the youngest character, mm-hmm. it would have been quite easy for him to just be kind of, like, ignored and be quite one-dimensional. Yeah. Um, And I also like that... The effect that, like, the dad leaving's had on him as the youngest. We, like, we see the effect that it's had on the youngest kid. We see the effect that it has on Vita. And we see the effect that it has on M. Yeah. Like, the three ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was quite good to kind of have, like, rather than just one feeling that all the kids kind of feel like we want dad back, they're all kind yeah. of presenting it in different ways, which is realistic, I guess. And, like, I think um, even the way 
it's sort of discussed. Oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot the main character's name. And <laughs> even the way um the way M sort of feels about a dad leaving, like the line where she's t- thinking about things that a dad used to say to her, and she's saying, "I wondered if he said that to Sarah now." And obviously, like it's a completely different relationship the one he has with his daughter to the one he has with his girlfriend but as a like like a younger person she's sort of overthinking everything and she's kind of like Sarah's replaced me because dad loves her now and dad doesn't like spend any time with us so I kind of like the way that was presented and also we have um the mention of like the physical effects it's been having on the mom as well Mm -hmm. like um she talks about how like like scarily underwear a mom is she's not eating she's working so much because um he also has to provide for her three kids because he's basically choosing to send money when he wants yeah so yeah and she she talks about how tired she looks when she is how she's like very very um stressed and it doesn't take a lot to make her upset or angry yeah obviously you shouldn't be getting angry at your kids but it's a very high stress situation that julie's in at the moment like it's clear that even though it's been, well, when's Easter? Like March, April? Yeah. It's been a couple of months and she, like there's no way that any of them are like in the process of like getting over him. Yeah, they're still all idiots at the forefront of the minds. But obviously that's the plot of the book. Like <laughs> We won't see them be fine by Easter because that's the whole thing that they're not. It's about the kind of grieving process of like losing a parent but in a like a non-death way. Mm-hmm. I think, like, the way um, they all... Because, obviously, this book's main plot point seems to be the way the family react to the absence of the dad in, the, like, the, the house and the family. And I think all the emotions are really, like, well presented. It's frustrating, but I liked that she paid the rent on the shop. Yeah. I can see... I can completely see why she would do that. Yeah, it makes sense for and her it's, ha- it's heartbreaking to know that, like, she's still putting the effort in even though he can't even see it anymore because he's in a different country by this point mm-hmm. and she's still like paying for him she <laughs> like when, when she doesn't have that much money herself i don't know it's just it, it broke my heart but it was really effective than being like mom really missed dad she cried a lot yeah no it is sad and it's like because obviously we hate the dad so much as a reader <laughs> like i don't know how yeah. much women to hate him but we do <laughs> But you can see why the family's still so attached. You're like the mum should not be paying for a shop at all, but he is, no. but she is, and like it's just sad because it's even like like all of them are putting so much effort into him. Like even like Max who with the felt tips and stuff, like oh, writing all the letters, and the dad's just putting no effort in at all. The dad has barely thought about his kids, mm-hmm. and Max is out here like can't even talk about his dad in front of people. Yeah, because. Like, he's traumatised, probably. Mm-hmm. And then every day he's writing him letters and then sending them in private. No. And and the dad just doesn't even care. Like, he hasn't even rang them or anything. Like, oh, God. No, it's really sad. Maxie as well, it's not just, like, the letters thing. Like, he's he misbehaves a lot. He starts to misbehave. Yeah. The gran being the gran is just like, oh, he's a naughty child. He's fussy. He... He won't do as he's told. He's not focused at school. He's not making any friends. And then the mum's like, well, no, he's traumatised. Like, he's only started doing that since the dad left. So, because before that, he was a very, like, reserved, shy kid. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, the dad's absence extends to every aspect 
of his personality at this point yeah. and every aspect of his behaviour, which I thought was really good. Because it's not just, like, Maxie's completely fine, but then goes and writes letters. Yeah. Like, he knows he's not supposed to be doing it. Mm-hmm. I like that. No, me too. I thought it was really good. Did you get yeah. any more good for this chapter? It was it was mainly just, like, Maxie, basically. Yeah. Just, it kind of took me by surprise, to be honest, because I, I didn't really um, remember any of this happening. Yeah. Uh, what about bad? Right. <laughs> I got a few bad. Um, just stuff that generally made me, like, cringe and stuff. Like, I mean, one thing that, like, I don't like about this book, and I think I mentioned it in the last episode, is the amount of, like, repetition. And, like, she mentioned in the office yeah. note, she likes, like, listing things and describing things, and got to give it to her. Very vivid with the descriptions. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this whole, like, Easter egg thing of, like, we all had a different Easter egg that actually does, <laughs> and it's like, oh, for God's sake, like, give it a rest. Like, every, like... Every present they get is like never forget the the anxious teddy bear and like all of that and I just like can't be bothered with it and this carries on the Easter egg to uh, more eating imagery like really vivid imagery of them eating and again probably mm-hmm. just a me problem but like did this not make you feel sick like this line um I licked and nibbled and gnawed until every last crumb was gone. My mouth was a mush of chocolate, pink tongue covered, oh. my teeth milky brown. Ugh. Yeah, like, that is a bit much. That is a bit much. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> it goes on a bit, doesn't it? Like, just say that you really like. Yeah, like, did we need licked, nibbled and gnawed all in one sentence? <laughs> like, and, like, fair enough, we're talking about the, the pink tongue being brown. But do we really need to talk yeah. about the teeth being brown as well? Like, it just feels a bit far. Was, was it meant to be like, oh, M likes food, so here we have a huge description of it. Yeah, I just, I hate, I hate it. It just makes me feel sick. It's the same as, like, when we were talking, it's, like, very similar to the imagery from Love Lessons, and I still remember it because it's ingrained in my mind, of when um, <laughs> the little sister's eating the chocolate rabbit, and, like, oh, like it's that sort of description about the chocolate going into mush and then covering the tongue and the teeth, and it's just grim. I just don't like it. Yeah, that's- yeah, no, I don't really see how that was necessary. <laughs> necessarily. Yeah, it's just a bit, it's just a little bit. Yeah, much. like, very <laughs> you like that sort of thing. But I, I honestly can't think of who could read that and be like, oh, I, I really want some chocolate now. Do you know what I mean? Like, does that yeah, make you no, feel angry? Because that puts okay. me off food. <laughs> no, I completely agree with you. Uh, was that the only bad thing you got? Or I got more? one more. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this kind of thing. Uh, it, I mean, I kind of put in yikes as well, but it's not that. I mean, well, it's more cringe of a lie. Like, um, the mum's talking to the kids about all the things she misses about the dad, which I find was strange, but, you know, whatever. She missed the way he hummed under his breath, the way he always invented some new sweet pet name for her, the way he hugged her, the feeling of his lovely, long, dark plait. And I just hate this constant, like... <laughs> romanticization of the dad because it's just it doesn't sound appealing to me i don't know when it's like he always invented some new sweet pet name for her i could just imagine him with his fat plat calling her like baby cakes and it just made me feel a bit ill do you not have you never missed anyone's fat plat god, the fat plat the fat plat is disgusting <laughs> when i miss someone i don't think god i miss their hair yeah like, like- <laughs> I don't know, it's like this constant talk of the fat plat as if we're like, oh yeah, the fat plat. But no, no, no fat plat. Again, like, we get that the man misses yeah. him. She talks about it brilliantly with 
the physical and emotional effects that it's having yeah. on her. I feel like that really didn't need to be in there because it was already in there, but in a more effective yeah, way. Yeah, like, it was much... Like, I know she's really good at describing things, but, like, we already had that emotional, like, knowledge there from the way she could sort of express herself rather than literally saying, I'm Mrs. Fat Platt. Yeah. Because what does no. that tell us? That just repulses me. God, no, I completely understand what you mean. <laughs> I only really have one bad thing. Yeah. And it was just something that I thought was out of character. So Maxie says bog off, mm-hmm. right? Who also says bog off? Tracy Baker. <laughs> Repetition. And then M says... He knew he wasn't meant to say this. It was an expression he'd picked up off a television programme. Like, surely she'd name the TV programme? She's, she's a poser. She's not a real um, Jenna Williams fan. Stay loyal. You you claim you're the number one Jenna Williams fan. You never bring her up and you don't even know bog off. Who are you? Yeah, like, the way she just said a television programme. Like, why is that one subtle when in the rest of the book we've got Midnight, Best Friends, The Girls Series... Yeah. Then Breakfast Stars mentioned, among others. So why not just say it was, I'm trying to think of a fake Tracy Baker name, <laughs> Lacey Baker by Jenna Williams, the TV show. Yeah, and it's like, like a most known book as well. Uh, yeah, I just was like, hmm, um, you would know that that was Tracy Baker, girl. Yeah, you it's would. like, you're, you're, not a, you're a fake fan. Um, and then move on to the Ikes. Okay. Um, Basically, shorten it a little bit, anything that, the grand said in this chapter uh-huh. was absolutely awful. A victim blaming yeah. the mom for getting the game. So, uh, oh, what did she say here? So the first one I got was, um, oh, just Gran slagging off the dad to yeah. him. Like she says how the dad owes her thousands of pounds and he should be sending her a cheque, but he's just sent like a measly hundred quid yeah. to the mom instead of her. But like Gran's financial problem whether it was the dad's fault or not, which it probably is, isn't for M to yeah. know. And I just feel like she shouldn't be including M or like making M privy to knowing what's going on financially between the dad and her. I just think it's inappropriate for a child to know 100%. that. Yeah, she calls the mum a silly girl <laughs> and says, I can't bear to see you sitting there all tense and desperate longing for him. You're making yourself ill. Which, okay, yeah. kind of. What she's trying to say is, like, come on, you need to get over him. It's not healthy for you, you making yourself mm-hmm. ill, right? But you poor silly girl, <laughs> like, it's not her fault. Her husband left her and was having an affair. Like, oh, God, I hate that. I hate that she's always just, like, belittling the man, like, calling her a girl oh, when she's a grown woman. There's never condemned either. No. Yeah, and then her saying uh, about Maxie, that child doesn't need a doctor. He needs an old-fashioned yeah, smacked bottom. <laughs> Don't want to hit your shoulder, yeah. please. It's an old-fashioned thing to say. A lot of people, like, don't smack the kids now, but just just don't smack your kids, even if they are naughty. And he's not being naughty because he's naughty. He's being naughty because he's gone through yeah. something awful. Which is completely understandable. And he's actually out. This, this next bit's less about Gran and more about yeah. Maxi. Uh, he's naked, again. I think naked children oh, is unnecessary. Why is there as well? Like, there's no need for naked, like, there just isn't any need to put naked no. children anywhere, like. Um, and then, this is the chapter, you've probably got this as yikes yeah. as well, I imagine. They start to refer to Max oh as the man God, of the house. Oh my God, I'm so mad. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to read this paragraph because I feel like you guys need to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> we called him Maxie the man after that. 
For a couple of days, we strutted around, growling as in the deepest voice we could manage, calling Vita and me his little girlies. He did his best to boss us about. We put up with it for a while because it was quite funny at times. Mum and Gran joined in, letting Maxie order them around. He took to calling Mum woman, and it always made her laugh. Let's not teach small boys to be sexist. Thank <laughs> you. It's like, oh, what makes a man? Um, having control over everyone, calling people little girlies and woman like jesus christ like greg's um... even if it's a joke which clearly yeah it's a joke because he's like a, like mm. four years old he'll teach it it's still like something that he'll remember like oh i remember when i was little and i used to i used to get praise yeah. basically demeaning my sisters <laughs> and calling your man a woman like oh god there's more it's basically just more grand, yeah she's to be horrific in every chapter and, like, I know everyone's meant to hate her, so it's kind of, like, does that condemn it? But yeah. I don't think it does, because it's, it's the same kind of thing where, like, oh, that's just how she is kind of thing. Um, but she's family, and I hate that sort of um, mentality. Yeah. And I think it's I really agree. toxic, especially for, yeah. like, young people to read. Because um, it's kind yeah. of, it doesn't, um, if you relate to this kind of thing, and you're like, oh, my gran, or, like, my family member teaches me how the gran teaches and, like, treats the kids in this book. It's like, yeah, like, I know that's really bad. And it's like, oh, relatable. Like, thank, I, I'm glad someone understands. But it's like, yeah, but you just kind of have to put up with it because, you know, she's family and, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's fine. And it's like, oh, for God's sake. like Or, like, once in a blue moon, she'll give you a hug. Fine. And, um, <laughs> it's fine for her to, like, constantly be shouting at you, constantly yeah. be shouting at your mum. It's, it's really not good. Um... The last thing I've got that isn't granulated, because honestly, everything she says is a yikes, and I don't want to, like, read them all out, because we'll be here forever, is just this little bit, again, it's a maxi thing, where the mum's talking about the dad and how much everyone misses him, and Maxie very clearly says, I don't want to talk about dad, and then the mum goes, oh dear, I know you don't want to talk about dad, and yet I think we should. I know. Like, no, don't yet, I think we should. It's like, you like, don't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> It's such a weird way to word it as well. I know, but the thing, like, the thing is, like, respect his boundaries. Like, this is why he's probably doing all the stuff he's yeah. doing in private, because that's the way that he connects to his dad by being yeah. by himself, and he probably feels like scared or awkward. Because the last time he saw his dad, he was shouting at his mum, saying that he's never going to come back because mm. everyone hates him. So, yeah, it was probably a scary thing for him to go through. He probably doesn't want to yeah. be reminded of him. I guess the only kind of other thing I got was, um, and I didn't know whether to put this in the yikes, to be honest, because I was like, is this a reflection? And because obviously, you know, what we were talking about it's kind of like a good yeah. thing that it shows how the mum's sort of like emotions and like how like distress she is showing for like a physical appearance and like how she's losing weight and she's stressed and stuff. M says, it wasn't fair. Yeah. I miss dad every bit as much as mum. And yet I hadn't got a thing. I'd gotten fatter and fatter and fatter. And I know. And I was like, this is a yikes. Because it's like, oh, losing weight through being very stressed is a good thing. Obviously, that's a bad thing mm-hmm. to say. Because like losing weight in that way isn't a good thing at all. And it's like unhealthy like to just like drop all that weight. It sort of makes the idea of being like skinny equals good. Losing weight equals good in yeah. whatever context, even if it is due to like absolute emotional distress but at the same time i was like mm-hmm. is this a good reflection because emily is so you know like she she's a kid i guess and like 
she is a thinking that Gran's always telling her she's fat and stuff. So it would make sense for her to think that. But then I guess we maybe need another character to be like, no, that isn't true. Do you know what I mean? I feel like it is a yikes, but I'm also a bit like, I completely understand why she'd think that as a young girl with uh, Gran constantly telling her she's fat. And she doesn't think she's like as worthy as other characters for being a bit bigger. I feel like if I was reading this mm-hmm. as a 10-year-old, I would probably be yeah. jealous of the mum as well because it's written like, that should be me. Like, I'm so sad that I haven't lost all the yeah. I haven't been eaten. So, yeah, I do feel like a supportive character, a supportive adult character, which yeah. I mean, there isn't one. <laughs> so we'd have to make a new <laughs> character. We'd have to be like, yeah, your mum's only losing loads of weight because she hasn't been looking after herself because she's been so mm-hmm. anxious and stressed. That isn't healthy either. So I would say yeah. more of a yikes. It made me feel funny reading it. I was like, oh, God, like, you can see sort yeah. of, like, how her mentality is a bit, like, skewed with, the, with her own body images. But there needs to be uh-huh. some... Because, you, like, you've got to take into account this is a book for younger readers as well. And, like, it's going to yeah. influence the way they sort of think about themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also, like, like, like I think, I'm... like, even if you're not, um, even if you're, like, a thinner person, it's kind of, like, you can't, you can't be, like, having a bad time because you're thin. Like, like the mum might be really upset. She's losing all this weight. But because in, in this book, it kind of presents it as, like, well, you're losing weight. You should be happy about that kind of thing. And that's obviously really damaging. Uh-huh. Oh, well, if you're really stressed and you're losing weight but you, and you're getting dangerously underweight, that's fine. Yeah. Like, losing weight is awesome. Chapter 9. Emma's recommended some books about absent fathers by her teacher. Even though they're classics, she reads them and loves them. Gran keeps having a go at her for no apparent reason and she asks Mam if Gran really loves her, but she tells Emma that of course she does. Mam tells the kids that they're going to a fair and she secretly hopes to see Dad there even though he lives in Scotland now. Bran doesn't like the sound of them going, but they go anywhere. There, they run into Em's biological dad, who was abusive to Mam. He asks if he can keep in touch with Em as, she's cha- as he's changed his ways, but Mam says no. This bit, right, I totally did not remember at all from reading it as a kid. The bit with em- Em's biological dad just, like, comes and goes. <laughs> like, what are the chances that at this random-ass fair... Em's biological dad is yeah, just, like, really there with his like, family. Like, yeah, he's like, oh, Jimmy, I am. you being, like, completely, completely forgetting that he was, like, abusive and, like, Julie and Em oh had to, like, God. flee from him. Do you want to start with the yeah, good I'll start. Um, a good I kind of got, um, kind of relating as well from the last chapter, but it goes into this chapter, is um, about Maxie posting the letters. And um, she says um, that... Like, Em says that she thought of all the tattered loo roll letters clogging at the bottom of the post box. I nearly cried too. And it's just like the sort of imagery she creates here is like, it's sad. And yeah. you, you really feel for Maxie. And it's just sort of like, he, he's making like, he's trying to make a advance to talk to his dad, but it's just not going to work, which is kind of like, you know, like metaphorical for how the kids can want the dad as much as they want and put as much effort into it but they're kids and they can't really do anything because the dad's just a horrible person and no matter what they do he's not coming back really or at least mm-hmm. you know he shouldn't no yeah that was really effective um it's just like child logic isn't it like oh well you post that is in the post box so 
I wrote a letter, I'll put it in the post box and it'll end up at Dad's yeah. even though I don't have his address or anything. Oh. Poor Maxie, man. He's so cute. He's like probably my no, favourite character. No, I think he is. He's really mine. good. This chapter is... <laughs> I mean, I got it as a good, purely for nostalgia reasons, <laughs> not like... Is the chapter about the books... Or at least a lot of Jack, well, Jenna Williams, but, you know, Jacqueline Wilson books are mentioned in this. Like, one after another, basically. And as I was reading, I was like, oh, yeah, that's bad girls. Oh, yeah, that's the suitcase kid. <laughs> oh. But, I mean, we kind of talked about it the other week, like how it's good on a reread, but it does just seem like it's to kind of um, justify <laughs> the repetition. Yeah. And just like, um, what's what's the fake girl in the fake suitcase kid called in this book? <laughs> Candy, um, because her mum and dad split up, or Em's just like, the girl gang, because Em got bullied, like in Bad Girls, like, I just completely agree with the people who said that the issues in this book have already been explored yeah. in other Jacqueline Wilson books, and it was done yeah. in a better way. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know how effective it was to put so many of her own books in here. But as an adult, reading it back, seeing the books with different yeah. names and being like, oh, I know what that one is. Yeah, like, oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah, I know that Candy's actually called Andy and she has a, in, in this, Candy has a toy pig, whereas in the actual suitcase kid, it's a toy rabbit. Like, yeah. I understand, like, that's, yeah. that's cool. I like that. I, I thought as well when I was reading it, like, I did like it. But did you think the bit when she was talking about um the the girl gang, it sounded like an advert? Well, like, I, I wrote the quote down because mean? I thought it was, it was so funny. She was like, there's a Jenna Williams book all about right. bullying Mrs. Marks, Jenny said quickly. The girl gang, please can we all read it? It's got all sorts of dilemmas and issues in it. I was like... Buy now from W. Smiths <laughs> for ten ninety nine. Like, God. <laughs> oh my God! No, I didn't catch that. But yeah, that does seem like she's she Promo. is trying to push people into reading <laughs> other books. Maybe like oh God. Um, the other I've only got like a couple of little like little bits of good, and it's just um little bits of description, like how um when she sees a dad. Um, <laughs> A bit that I found like genuinely quite funny was so they're at this fair, yeah, and they're bumping to M's dad, but not dad, like her actual biological dad. And Julie goes, Oh my god, M, there's your dad. But because M can't remember what her actual dad looks like, she's like, That's not dad. Because he's this like really beefy, like blonde guy with like long blonde hair, described as, um, Long cast yellow hair past his shoulders and a face the colour of tinned ham, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah, and Em's like, that's not dad. Like, she thinks her mum's going round the twist. <laughs> and then her mum has to clarify that it's like her biological dad. But yeah, that little bit of description like sent me a little bit. She sees him and um, she's like, this is really weird because he's really friendly and approachable. And she says, I couldn't forget the threat of his voice, the thump of his blows, the sound of mum screaming. This abuse happened a good few years ago and she still can't forget about it, even though she would have probably been like Maxie's yeah. age, if not younger at the time. 
So it really it shows it really does stay with with someone, and that it's not easy to just kind of forget about it because yeah, it's he's still being like a lot friendly of trauma. to you. And I, yeah, I like no. that M wasn't excited to see him. Like if she had been, oh my god, that would have been the worst. But she, I kind of thought when he appeared, I was like, oh god, is she going to be like? Well, since Dad's left, I'll start a relationship with my old dad, and I was like, "Please, for the love of God, no!" Yeah, no, I saw that happening as well, but I'm glad that it didn't. For the bad, I got some. Mm-hmm. I should probably ignore it at this point, but like some just really out of touch language that just like you know, like when you sort of roll in your eyes and you're like, "God sake!" Yeah. Like, is this like our thirteen year old sort like um we both hooted with laughter and like um. Uh, I think a friend <laughs> said or at school, like, can we not, like, draw a clown or whatever? But she, instead she says, don't let's do a boring old clown. And I was like, what? What does that mean? Who says that? It just takes away from the re- any sort of relatability he has. Like, it's just not how teenagers or, like, young people talk or whatever. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. again, more stuff. You know what we were saying, like, the Jenna Williams, I said the Jenna Williams thing felt like an ad. They're talking about some sort of issue yeah. they have, like, you know, some sort of relatable teen issue. And then one of the friends says, I bet there's a Jenna Williams story about that. And it's like, oh, yeah, who actually says that? Like, you're at school and you're like, oh, yeah, my dad's left. I'm so upset. And it's like, oh, don't worry. I bet there's a Jacqueline Wilson book about that. You can read it and all your problems will be solved. It's like, no, <laughs> what? Because she's done it before where she's mentioned other books of hers. Like, yeah. in the girls' series, she did it a little bit. And I thought that was fine because it was just like a, a cute little yeah. nod to her other books. Whereas <laughs> this, like, it is so meta that it it does just seem like she's praising herself, like, in the nicest way possible. Like, oh, I can write about any issue and then your problems will be, like, solved yeah. or will go away or I can help you with anything. But from our kind of research, the a lot of the time, she know, doesn't like, give great not, advice. Like, giving advice that can actually help with these situations. No. And I really don't think these books should be taken as, like, oh, mm-hmm. this is how I should act if this happens. Because they're fiction, for a start. And also, like, Jacqueline Wilson isn't, like, the like a counsellor or a therapist or something. Yeah, like... She's a kid's author. I don't know. I think, looking back at every book we've done, I think my favourite was was probably Kiss. And even with Kiss, I don't think you should follow what Sylvie does as a protagonist. I don't think any of these books have been like, yeah, this is a good way of how to deal with issues. Yet here it's kind of presenting that Jacqueline Wilson exists and she tackles these really, like, difficult subjects in order to help people. But no, I think maybe it's a good thing she tackles these issues because they can be relatable. Or the taboo i guess and like she's talking about it but i wouldn't say she's Mm -hmm. talking about them in a very helpful way to be completely honest i guess the books can help you through a situation but they shouldn't they shouldn't set an example as to how to go about dealing with something the last bad i got it badly written is the return of the sniff um grand sniff to us i was like all right just like use a different verb like how much sniffing is going on in this book so much sniffing you pick up on things that I don't like. I did not even it did not enter my head at all. And then you were like, like when we first met, you were like, "This it's is just thing, really right?" Boxy. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> I only got one bad. I was just like, "That is just incredible." He would not act like that. So the dad, right? Who is M? According to M, and according to M's mum, M's double. He looks so yeah. much like M, and M looks so much like him. 
the right? Bear in mind that M, like visually, one looks like the dad, and two looks significantly older than her siblings. The dad goes to Vita and he's like, oh. M, like, no, clearly Vita is younger than M, and you, like, is it meant to be like, oh, she, he doesn't know how old his own daughter is because he doesn't care that much? Or is it meant to be like, oh, he assumes that the prettiest child, which yeah. is wrong anyway, is his? Yeah, probably. I, 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 I didn't understand that. I was like, how could he possibly, like, thought that? And then he's like, oh, yeah, of course, you're M. You look just like me. Like, duh. Obviously, M is, like, quite, like twice as tall as Vita. And you should know that your daughter is about, what, like, 11-ish. Vita is, like, seven. <laughs> Oh, God. I was just like, right, yeah, no, he would and never it's like mistake Vita for M. Um, well, and looks like him. That doesn't make any sense because he's aware of it. <laughs> so to start with the yikes, okay. we have more, like, talking about where this just really toxic and horrible. <laughs> um, that just makes me, like, angry. <laughs> like, it just does. Like, it's constantly there in every book and it's so unnecessary. Like, there's quite a lot in this chapter. One of the ones that particularly annoyed me was the one when she's um, she's talking about a man being slim and she says she seized hold of her bony little wrist with my big pink sausage fingers. It felt like it could snap as easily as a wishbone. Oh. And I'm like, on both sides there, you're like mocking people who are thin and people who are bigger. And like, both are yeah. quite horrible. Yeah. It's, it's quite horrible imagery, really. It's just, un- I don't well, see what that yeah. does. And it's like this sort of like constant imagery that people who are like yeah. thin could snap and the fragile. And then she's got big sausage fingers because you know, yeah. like whenever we talk about bigger people, it's like they're either animals or food. God, I can't wait until we read a Jacqueline Wilson book about a bigger character or a small character. Yeah, because it's like, just like it's it, body positive. As a person reading this and whatever sort of like. Why you're not gonna feel good about yourself, are you? Yeah, no. Like it's again, it's just really unnecessary to kind of describe a like human's body as as being e- like either you know big sausage fingers or yeah, like and tiny I just think fragile. It's really damaging to put that in that constantly because I think you know here and there whatever, but like it's constantly reiterated to us to a point where it's like brainwashing. <laughs> You're reading it and you're like, if you're a young, impressionable person reading this sort of thing, like, what is that going to make you think about people, uh-huh. even if it's not you, that are a bit bigger or a bit thinner? Like, it, it kind of, like, puts all sort of images in your head being told to you over and over and over again. Yeah, there's one later on when um, is it? Oh. Em's talking about, like, seeing herself and assuming in a mirror and she's like, I saw my big pink face, my fat sausage fingers... I stopped licking. I let the ice cream melt until it dripped down my arm. Then I threw it down and trod into the mud. So it's like, here, it's even worse because it's like, she's seen um, how she looks and she stopped eating, which is obviously, like, really horrible. And, like, you know, like, I'm not saying, like, (laughs) this is an eating disorder, but, like, it's kind of, like, promoting that kind of, like, disordered Mm -hmm. habits of, like, seeing what you look like and stopping eating. And, like, I think if this was done in a better way where she learned how to love herself, maybe it would have been all right. But the way this book kind of goes is Em loses a bit of weight. In this book, yeah. it's kind of like she's not fat anymore. Woohoo. So I think 
maybe one of the biggest yikes I've read in this book. So obviously the mum and um, Emma's biological father were in an abusive relationship. And instead of mentioning that, it's just like, mm. the dad says, you and me, well, it didn't work, did it? Maybe I gave you a bit of a rough time. That is absolutely Final. disgusting. An abuser doesn't have to, like, drink to be an abuser. And, like, even if an abuser does, they're still an abuser. <laughs> yeah, it's the person. Yeah, it's not the alcohol. Um, I understand that people have addictions. Yeah. Like, I completely understand that people have addictions. But that doesn't justify no, just abusing your wife and your daughter. I don't know, I daughter. think maybe if he has said that because, you know, he's convinced himself he's not. And then even if the grand was, like, or you maybe gave her a rough time used to hit her. Maybe that would have been okay. But no, just leaving it at like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I gave you a bit of a rough time, like sort of covering over it. Like it's just a bit like sickening. Yeah, it's it's like minimalizing like oh, God, the effects of, of like domestic violence as well. Mm-hmm. Like a bit of a rough time. Like when already described like how she was treated by him calling it a bit of a rough time is like the understatement of the century and if a kid's reading this and their parents or they are going through something similar or they read it described as a bit of a rough time then they're gonna think that it's like yeah like oh it's a bit shit but you know yeah the only thing the only other like big thing that i've got yikes wise is um the whole thing with gran um when em goes to her mom and she's like look gran's always horrible to me she's always getting at me and the mum's like, oh, well, she's always horrible to all of us, Em. You know, you're special, basically. And then Em's like, yeah, I know, but the thing is, um, I know she's horrible to all of us, but I feel like she's more horrible to me. I don't think she loves me. And then the mum's like, don't God, be silly. Grand loves you. Over again, isn't it? And then Em's oh. like, is it because I'm fat? And I was like, for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's because the grand is awful and she gets away with it. Like, throughout the course of the book, like... She says something really horrible in this chapter where she says, um, let me find it. I was like, wow, that is awful. <laughs> like, even for a Jacqueline Wilson villain, like, so, um, the mom is just innocently like, oh, we're going to go to the fair. And then, um, the grand's like, yeah, the fair, that's where you pick up your men, basically. And then, um, he says, I did my level best to bring you up decently and that you, and yet you run off with the first weirdo who comes along. And look where that got you. Not even able to go to college, lumbered with a baby. And then you fall for Frankie fly by night and land yourself with more kids. And you won't even work in a decent hairdressing salon. You end up in a crumbling dump like the Pink Palace. Imagine you and your grand just like talk about you like that. Literally like, coming to every aspect kids. of like, life. They're your grandchildren. That is <laughs> absolutely horrible. Like she's at rock bottom. Of left her. She's trying to provide for her three young children. She's living. She doesn't even have her own house. She's living with her mum, which she knows her mum's mad about. And then her mum comes out it's and horrible. says all that about her. I was like, oh, she's mad. I think because yeah. She she's having to share a house because she talks a little bit about it later, but like even so, like <laughs> you should want to spend time with your grandkids and your daughter. And it must be frustrating having mm. screaming kids like running around. I wouldn't like it myself. Yeah, they haven't done mm-hmm. anything to you. Like they love you unconditionally, and you just are <laughs> genuinely vile. <laughs> I know. I understand. She speaks her mind. She's a strong woman. Like, the things 
Like they are, they're unforgivable. I don't think you should forgive someone for saying stuff like that. It's not a yeah. case of like that's just grand. Chapter ten. When they get home, Grand complains that now she's the only person who pays the bills and she can't have any time for herself because she's basically raising three kids. M tells the man again that Grand hates her, and Mam tells her that she doesn't. Mam starts working more to bring in extra money, but it means she's constantly tired and doesn't have much time for the kids. Em wishes she could do something to make money to take her family on holiday, so she secretly goes to get her ring pawned and is left out of the shop when the pawnbroker realises that her emerald is worthless. Em tells Spencer she loves it because her dad got her it, but she's still embarrassed and upset. Later, Gran reveals that she's sold her china collection to pay for a holiday for them all, but her constant bullying of Em means that she doesn't want to go at all. I thought the okay, description when Em had found out the ring was cheap was really good. Because, like, it has, like, a lot of, like, meaning behind it. Like, she says she looked at yeah. it on her finger. Just for a moment, it's green glow dulled. I saw a chip of coloured glass stuck in cheap gilt uh, Christmas cracker ring. No, I can, like, I think that's uh-huh. good because it's not only... I know, obviously, it's cheap, so she's, like, you know, it's not as precious she, as she thought it was. But it's also kind of, like, the dad lied, pretty much. And, um... It shows how little the dad cares yeah. about really because he made out that it was like this like expensive emerald ring, but just got it out like a Christmas cracker. So, so yeah, I kind of like that. I liked how she the the, the yeah. glow dulled for her because it it didn't mean as much as she thought it did. And it's like obviously like the overarching thing is like everything the dad says is that like he makes up these fantastical stories mm-hmm. that are actually just like fair and bullshit. So yeah, I like the the symbolism of that. No, that is good. That is really good. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like to be honest, the magazine. this book did it better because in Girls Out Late, Ellie's very yeah. much just like, I don't care, I love it. And even though Em does say that she um still likes the ring because her dad got her it, and obviously she like associates that ring with like the whole Princess Emerald thing and like her relationship with her dad. She yeah. still sees the fakery behind it mm-hmm. whereas i think ellie was a bit more in denial um but yeah that was good um oh god i thought this is a good but it's like yeah it's a it's a good but bad so because they've seen em's real dad or em's biological dad the mum is like oh well he seems really nice um like maybe maybe it's my fault that that you haven't ended up with a good father figure because, you know, your dad was really nice and your biological dad seemed really nice when we just met him. And then Em says, you're a brilliant partner, Mum. You didn't make him horrid to us. He was just mean and he wanted to shout and say us. He hit us. I wish he wasn't my real dad. Good for supporting your mum. But also, why is this 10-year-old the only person that supports Mm -hmm. the (laughs) mum? She's doing what Gran should be doing. And yeah, instead, Gran is just saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Like, like Emma's a character. Like when she's like, "Oh God," she broke my heart when she was like, "I'm gonna gonna take everyone on holiday because we all deserve it." That is yeah, she amazing. Like but she shouldn't feel like she has to do that. Yeah, and like literally, fuck her family for 100%. making her feel like she's the caretaker of the family at the age she is. Because she's constantly being told, wow, you're so good at looking after us, Em. You're such a, you're a proper little caretaker. Or, Em, you're so kind and caring. And where would we be without you? To the point where 
every time her family has an argument or it looks like the family's going to fall apart, she's a complete yeah. wreck because she feels like she has to be the one that maintains control within the family. No, it's horrible. She's so young and, and she's really, so really hate it. I feel like that's a big theme in Jacqueline Wilson books. The younger person being yeah. responsible over the siblings. But it's never really shown as wrong. It's it's almost like done to show how yeah. caring the protagonist no. is. It, but it should kind of always be mentioned that it's like, as a kid, this yeah. shouldn't be your responsibility. The mum says something quite interesting, which I uh, picked up on. She says um, she thinks it's rot that we're supposed to take after our yes. parents. I certainly don't want to be like Gran. Which, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you don't want to be like Gran for a start, but also, like, but, more generally, you, you shouldn't yeah, that is not something she would aspire to be, especially because all of the parental you know, like roles in Jacqueline Wilson novels are not necessarily yeah. the best. Yeah, but then also, yeah. I was like, well, N has a parental role in this. Like, she is being the pe- mm-hmm. she is looking after her siblings and her mom and her gran and her dad more than she should be. So, like, I don't really yeah. see where that this quote fits, even though it's a good message. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, oh Maxie. I just feel like I would love Maxie to be my little brother. Oh the bit where he puts on the pink jelly shoes and oh, he no. loves them and then the kids all shout at him and call him a girl. No, Maxie is and the best he, character. And in then this. he cried and I was like, Oh god, let him wear the pink jelly shoes. Don't let him be a, a like, kid as well. Let, let him tell him he's bad in the house. Stop it. He just does so many cute things in this chapter. Like mm. when like, and we get the implication that he's being bullied, and, and he goes to tell the mum about it, And but because she's so exhausted from working, yeah. like, six or seven days a week, she's just asleep on the sofa, and um, I was telling oh. her about this bad boy who pushed me, and she didn't listen, oh, her eyes so kept sad. closing, like, oh no, Maxie, <laughs> ideally, the mum should be going into school and, you know, telling the teacher about that, but she just, she just can't, because she... She has no time to just sit down and rest because she's just working so hard. Yeah. Um, and even the grand notices, mm-hmm. she's like, um, I don't want you to work to the point where you're, you know, you're ill. What's he called? What's the dad called in this? Frankie? I just want Frankie to give you some money. Like, I don't want yeah. you to give me the money because I know you're, wor- like, you're working to support the kids. But then the man's just like, well, if, if she's not doing it, then who else is going to do it? Which makes me, like, I have a lot of respect for the man, like, in that regard. Like, a lot of people in reviews yeah. didn't like her and thought that she was really weak and didn't stand up for herself or her kids. Mm-hmm. She is, but and she she's going through so, so hard work. Like, I find it so strange to, that people would agree with the grant in any aspect. She's awful. She's an no. awful character. She is. But... I mean, we were kind of saying it before, like, sometimes she says things that, like, either start off okay or end okay, and then, like, one or two yeah. things in the sentence are just off, and just, like, totally the wrong thing to say. Like, yeah. I, sometimes I was like, okay, yeah, I can kind of see what she was going for. A lot of it is, like, kind of, mm-hmm. like, tough love. I have quotation marks. <laughs> like, tough yeah. love. Just the tough bit. <laughs> like be quite unkind but what she's yeah. saying does kind of make sense but she should have just like phrased it better um 
But yeah, so I really don't like the brand. I thought that she was awful in general. Yeah, and then the last bit of good I got was yeah. um, M thinking about the last time she saw the dad. She said, I kept thinking of that evening at the seaside. It well, sparkled in my mind like the fairy lights on the end of the yeah. year. I thought it was brilliant. One, sounds cute. Two, the actual night didn't go like that at all. She's romanticising it in hindsight. She's imagining it to be better than it actually was. She spent yeah. that night very anxious. She cried because her dad made her cry. She didn't go home. But mm-hmm. because now it's been a while since she's seen yeah. her dad, and that was the last time she saw her dad, she only remember the good bits. Yeah, completely. Which I thought was really quite good nice and really realistic. Well. I have one bad. Yes. Yeah. The reaction of the people in the pawn shop, which grown adults would yeah, talk to a child in the way that they talk to M. It makes absolutely no sense. Like, they were literally like one-dimensional, yeah. moustache-twirling villains for no reason. M walks into the pawn shop, like, like a, a small child walks into a pawn shop, right? And she's like, oh, I want to pawn this ring. And then they're like, they're like quite nice to her. Like, they're like, oh, okay, a bit weird. And they're okay. And then they look at the ring, and then the guy's like, go home and stop wasting our time. Like, how I know. And then, and then she's like, no, this is the ring that my like my dad got me. It's an emerald. And then he's like, funny joke. And then she like tears up, and she runs out the shop. And then it's like, I heard them laughing behind me. Like what? Like literally anybody else would be like, Oh yeah. no, I'm really sorry, but this is this isn't an emerald, <laughs> this is just glass. But they're like, ha 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 <laughs> Stop wasting our time. <laughs> Funny joke, child. <laughs> that was not really bad. It's it's it, I was just flabbergasted. <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah, um, and then yikes, obviously. So I guess you've got loads. You start. A yikes I've got to start is obviously like the grand, but I feel like there's so much grand stuff. I don't even know which ones to pick up on because she's so like there's so much of it. If you know what I mean? Again, this whole idea of like you should forgive your family. Like um, the mum said you should like forgive Gran. She's like, like, Em's like, no, like, why should I forgive her? Like, she doesn't even say sorry. And the mum says, no, well, she doesn't ever say sorry, you know that, but she knows she went too far. Yeah. And it's like, that's ridiculous. You, like, have to ask your 10-year-old daughter to please forgive yeah. your mother, who's, like, a grown woman who will not apologise for what she's done. And she doesn't ever say sorry. Huh. Like, that's so toxic. And, like, the yeah. mum, a few things the mum says in this, actually, I like, um... Agree. Like, I know, obviously, she's been, like, quite manipulated, I think, in, in to this sort of way. But she's talking to M and she's saying, like, I'm just thinking maybe there's something about me that makes men go funny. Oh, God, that's such a bad thing to say. Yeah, I know, that is so inappropriate. And then, like, she also said um, about, like, M's biologicals I'm talking about here, when they're having this conversation where M's like, I wish she wasn't my real dad. Um, the mum says, he wasn't all bad pet. Maybe you'd like him if you got to know him now. And I was like, he's not all bad. What? Like, he's an abuser. Like, why on earth would you want your 10-year-old or 11-year-old or however old she is to get in touch with 
like yeah, you'd want to keep her away from it, far, far the guy away, that far away from was hurting you both. Like, yeah, you saw him for what, like two minutes, and you seemed okay. But that doesn't take away from the years of abuse you endured. You shouldn't want him to potentially Completely. put your daughter back, like it's in harm's way with him scary. again. Yeah, and then yeah. she just kind of says that, doesn't she? And then it's just never really like spoken about again. <laughs> the northern one on holiday now, right? Um, yeah. This bit where it's like Vita started dancing okay, on the room so showing us her, her this is, Spanish yeah, dancing. Because, you know, like, yeah. just like, you know, like, Spanish people do the flamenco and it's also, again, complete repetition from Kiss. This, <laughs> this Was it Kiss? This exact thing happened in Kiss because yeah. Sylvie's mum was doing the flamenco and literally, I swear this lie was um like copy and pasted like doing a mid-air flamenco i stamped my foot in time like is that not exactly what was written yeah. kiss yeah doesn't she feel like the fandango at first in kiss to be fair this came first this book was out first oh so yeah I see kiss that. has copied off this one yeah it's just like oh we're going to spain flamenco time bitches <laughs> the last yikes thing that i got i basically got everything that you got but it's so grand in like a moment of clarity pays for this holiday using her um precious china collection that she sells but like emma's disappointed because she wanted to pay for a holiday and she said that it was grand that ended up getting all like the glory yeah. for paying for this holiday even though like emma's like a small girl so emma says to her because you know she's little oh did you pawn your china because that's what Emma was planning on doing. And then the grand like kicks off at her, like completely like unprovoked. And then she says, honestly, Em, where did you get all these silly ideas from? And then Em, quite rightly in my opinion, and I, I love the fact that she defended herself, said, they're not silly. If you pawn things, you can get them back when you've got enough money. Why do you always have to say I'm silly? And then the man's like, don't cheek your grand. Oh Especially like, when she's done such a lovely thing for us. Literally, it's really annoying that a child can't have a voice or have an opinion on something or say have a valid argument against an adult without the adult spinning it round and saying that it's disrespectful and it it isn't disrespectful. Gran had no right to call M silly for asking a question. So M just said, why do you always call me silly? Which I think is completely yeah. valid. And just because she's a child doesn't mean that she's being it's like, cheeky or not. It gives such a bad message off because it's like you can't say anything if you're getting treated really badly by a parental or, like, you know, a grandparent figure because, like, then it's yeah. cheek and, you know, you can't do that. And it's like, no, you can. You really should be able to talk that to people who aren't respecting you. Yeah, you should be opening up yeah. with your family or even just like, like honestly, like teachers and stuff. You are being disrespected or unfairly. You should be able to voice that without just being shouted down. I hate that too. I just think it's a, a shit, shit message, a really horrible message. Especially with like the context of the grand being emotionally abusive. Like, how is N ever oh. meant to defend herself if the if her mum as well is saying, don't be mean to your grand? Chapter 11, M ends up going on holiday and enjoying it. She's saved up her pocket money and has enough to buy a meal in a restaurant for her family. She discovers that she's good at swimming and her man remarks that she's lost a bit of weight. 
Anne treats her family to a meal, but they can't find a place to eat. An older guy named Eddie recommends a restaurant to them and ends up going along with them. Gran tries to matchmake Mam and Eddie, but at the end of the night, Eddie asks Gran on a date. So, I feel yeah. like this is another chapter that didn't have to be in the book. The only thing that really happens in this chapter is that yeah. Gran and Eddie meet. <laughs> I feel like Gran could have met mm-hmm. Eddie somewhere else. This chapter not being in it. Yeah, like they had to go to spin um, in order for them to meet. Yeah. Which felt I a mean, bit unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think she could I don't know, met him in the supermarket or something, I don't know. I guess another good thing is that Em um, learns how, well, she doesn't learn how to swim, yeah. but she does a lot of swimming when she's on holiday. And she realises that she's actually pretty talented at swimming. I did like, because it's kind of different from Girls Under Pressure. Because in Girls Under Pressure, Ellie only goes swimming for the sole purpose of weight loss. Whereas in this, Em starts off being like oh god i don't know how i feel about even getting into the pool and then she yeah. realizes like wow i'm actually faster than like a lot of the adults like actually like i'm quite talented at this um yeah and i like that it would it seemed like something that she was genuinely passionate about and um, it's always good that for young people to have things that they're yeah, passionate definitely. about and especially in a jacqueline wilson book like a sport is brilliant. Yeah, I don't think we've seen that yet. Like, the mean, actually, it's quite spot. different from what we usually see. Obviously, Anne has writing and drawing and making up stories with uh, dancer. I got like tiny little bits of good, like Maxie and Anne going, like, <laughs> yeah. walking up loads of flights of stairs, and then Maxie, bless him, tries to carry Anne <laughs> up the stairs. And she's like, What are you doing? That's not gonna work. I got, I got for one that, um, it's Vita's describing M to Eddie. She's like, M doesn't like boys. She just likes her boring old books. And it's like, it's like, we get it, you like books. Like, I hate the implication that you can't yeah. like both. Like, why, like they don't like, have to be the complete opposite of each other. Or like, neither. No, I don't like that um, either. I, think yeah. I have one bad, and again, it's just a bit of an unnecessary, weird line, to be honest. So they see before um, the Grand talks to Eddie, he's kind of just like hanging around where the restaurants are and they're trying to find a restaurant to eat at that M can afford because for know. some reason they actually let M pay what for the meal, about? which I thought was absolutely shocking to be honest. Like, yeah, like Eddie does end up paying for it, but if Eddie hadn't been there, M was going to pay for the food. So they kind of clock him and they call, he's described as the fat man before they know his name. Why? And he smiles at Vita and rubs his tummy at Maxie. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, what? Like, that is what I've written. Why did he do that? Just imagine so like, strange. a creepy man in the shadows, like, smiling and, like, rubbing his belly at the same <laughs> time. No idea. I got quite a bit for yikes. <laughs> the Grant okay, suddenly being nice now that she's met Eddie. Oh, God, annoying. Just really annoying. Because it's like, all she needed was a man, and now she's fine, and yeah. everything she said is in the past kind of thing. Oh, the way that she talks about, because obviously Eddie is fat, right? The way that she was just like, he's well built, and obviously likes his food. He looks a fine figure of a man. He wears his clothes well, too. Yeah. I was like, right, so it's fine It's fine to be overweight mm-hmm. when it's that you like, but when it's your grandchild, who is a child, it's 
Like, I don't know if it's meant to be like a joke, like, oh, ha ha, yeah, Gran is. No, it doesn't read and, like, like it does. not can't even see that she's a hypocrite, but it's not. There isn't a punchline. It's just she hates M for being fat, but when it's Eddie, it's great. And then there's um, a <laughs> straight after that. There's a classic, uh, classic Jacqueline Wilson structure of a sentence. Oh, God, his cream trousers are beautifully cut, and I love his shirt, exactly the color of his eyes. <laughs> like <laughs> one step away from his he looks so casual in his cream trousers and his beautifully cut shirt. <laughs> That honestly, if I read that, I would not have been surprised. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like how Grant, like, Grant said yeah. to Eddie that, like, Emma had lost weight because she was, like, depressed or stressed or something. It's not Eddie's business to know that, and it's certainly not Grant's business to spread around. Like, oh no, it's not well, like, like, Julie. Like, that Julie's lost weight because life's been a bit of a struggle for her recently. Like, oh god, I would feel so uncomfortable if, like, I was with people that I didn't know and they started saying things. Like, if someone started saying something like that about their daughter in front of me, I'd be like, oh my god, what do I say at that? So, obviously, in this book, a big problem is how the grand behaves and treats her family. And then there's a quote in this chapter that says um, she isn't nearly anywhere as grumpy and bossy now. And I was like, what is this the resolution? She's met Eddie. And now she's no longer grumpy, like, woohoo, the end. That's just completely, isn't, like, that isn't how human beings work. Sorry, like, really annoyed me. Meeting somebody doesn't cure all the what problems that you have. What this um, chapter? I think the only other thing I got was Maxie, when they go to the hotel, Maxie's scared of going in the lift. So M says, oh, well, I'll walk up all the stairs with you, Maxie. And then Grant laughs at her and says, don't be silly, Em. You couldn't get up one flight without huffing and puffing. Yeah. Like, she literally cannot win. And it's just cool. encourage encourage her. Like, nobody else is offering to walk up the stairs with Max. Yeah. So, no, like, just let, let her do it. Oh, God, I hate her. Yeah, but that's all I really got. Chapter 12. Eddie and Gran are now in a long-distance relationship and Gran seems happier. Em joins the swim club for fitness and discovers that she has potential as a swimmer. At school, Em's friend Jenny tells her about a Jenna Williams sign-in in London at the weekend that she is unable to go to, and asks Em to go and sign her books for her. Em is desperate to go, and Gran agrees to take all three of them out for a trip. While they're there, Maxie has a tantrum, and Em realises he still hasn't gotten over Dad leaving. They both wish to see Dad on that day. They go to the sign-in, and the queue is huge. Gran tells Em that it's too long to wait, but she eventually relents when Em tells her that she promised. <laughs> We're back with Jenny and Yvonne. <laughs> the best characters in it. The best friends. <laughs> so this is what I mean. When I said in the last episode that the blurb that's like, oh, she's always longed to meet Jenna Williams makes no sense is because this is the first time the signing's mentioned and M doesn't even know about the signing. It's only yeah. because Jenny can't go, and she says to M, "Would you mind going and getting my book signed, and then you can also sign, get some of your book signed as well?" Yeah, it's, it's not even for her. Life dream, like that bit was necessary. To be honest, I felt like that maybe that just gave some relevance to Jenny and Yvonne's characters. Yeah, maybe. But it was also just a bit like strange. She could have wrote Jenny and Yvonne out and just had yeah. M be a Jenna Williams fan. 
that like heard about the signing somewhere mm-hmm. else like if she like I don't know saw it in a newspaper or something I'm just thinking because this was like 2004 so she wouldn't have been like seeing it on social media but if she did like I don't know gone on a Jenna Williams's website and seeing that there was a signing and then asked her family to go yeah wouldn't be a need for Jenny and Yvonne <laughs> yeah I feel like this book has the least relevance to school there isn't really like I think there's like two chapters that take place at school mm-hmm. so yeah Jenny and Yvonne didn't really need to be in there because it wasn't like Em was at school all the time and needed some friends yeah and she's never like when she's going through a hard time she's never like oh I can't like in at least like the girls series it's like oh I need to talk to Nadine and Magda about this or whatever but in this it's like very different it's never like that it's more I'm gonna talk to Dancer yeah she, she does seem to have a closer bond with Dancer than she does to Jenny and Yvonne yeah 100% do you want to start with the good? Yeah. So one good that I got, maybe it's just because I was like, wow, relatable. But uh-huh. <laughs> you know when Maxie's just crying all day? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that was me as a kid. I, I must have been a terror. Like, you couldn't do anything nice for me because I'd just cry and be too scared. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm not a big, brave boy. And like, I, I felt <laughs> like, I remember being a kid and being like, I am really sorry for getting scared at everything, but that, that's me. I am. I am scared constantly. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, wow, Maxie has so really. <laughs> like, it's just like, like I'm taking you to London on a nice day. And he's like, yeah, well, I'm scared. So, <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? Oh, I felt so bad because <laughs> he knows himself that, like, that M thinks he's annoying sometimes. I'm just like, yeah. oh, no. like, he's trying his best to be a big brave boy, but it just doesn't happen. <laughs> Well, I was just like, even things like <laughs> when it was on the wheel and he can't yeah, nice. it. I was just like, wow, I relate. <laughs> like, I get that completely. <laughs> They're like, well, that's someone's going to have to wait with Maxie now because he's like annoying and can't, we can't do anything nice for them. I was like, that's realistic. Like, you know, yeah. like. I thought another bit was that was quite realistic was when like everything's going to like everything's going to shit on this day out. And then Grant's just like, why did I agree to do this? Like she just says it out loud. Well, yeah, it's like when you picture having like a day out with like three kids in your head, it's like, oh wow, this will be so nice. But no, it's three kids oh. and like, yeah, Maxie's terrified of everything and he'll just cry. They're so different. Like, of course, it's not going to go like s- swimmingly well. No, not at all. <laughs> No, I liked that. I liked how it wasn't just like this perfect day out. Well, I guess the other one I've got for like um, missing the dad in this chapter is when um, Em's wondering if dad might be on the top of the magical Helter Skelter's waiting for us. And it's like, she's yeah. not as young as Maxie, but she's still a kid. Yeah. And, like, obviously she's holding on to that like hope as well. And I thought that was quite good. Even if it does seem ridiculous, like... And also because she's like grown up with the dad, like telling these like really out there stories that mm-hmm. he probably would believe that she might see him yeah because he <laughs> seems like the way he talks about like even like he's like oh princess emeralds and all this he like makes their lives into kind of like a story exactly no i, I understand that at the beginning of this book in this book this chapter we see that em has joined the swimming club and her swimming coach is like really nice Maggie, amazing. You want to see some like supportive adults. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a very minor character. She's only in this chapter, but still. <laughs> we'll yeah. take what we can get. Like she says, um, 
and it's like yeah at first I was really slow but then after a few weeks like when I got used to it I, I started like picking up speed and my stamina was going up and then Maggie says you're going great guns chicky I don't know what that means <laughs> I'm assuming that you're doing great getting muscles just like Popeye too my Emily early bird is getting mega fit I was like yes Maggie come on support her this is what like she just needs someone to be like Em you're doing great yeah, He's especially like from an adult as well. Yeah, I thought that was really good. We have the mum saying that she's now unsure whether she actually does want dad back. But even if she did, that doesn't mean to say he's actually going to come back because they think he's in Scotland. Yeah. So here we have Sam being like, yeah, okay, it's been a while. It's now after the summer holidays. So it's been like nine months-ish yeah. since the dad so she's like i don't know if i do want him back brilliant yeah Julie. Progression. Oh, progression we're seeing her maybe start to realize that she's better off without him even if she does love him maybe she's starting to realize that he's not the best person for her mm-hmm. and that is brilliant so yeah can i talk about the jacqueline i mean jenna williams books in this chapter please do <laughs> so, so as we know M has joined a swimming club and Jenny, her friend from school, very excitedly says, you're like Nellie in Jenna Williams' teen series. She goes swimming in teens on a diet, remember? So I was like, right, yeah, she does go swimming. <laughs> but it's because she has an eating disorder and I really don't think you should like, like compare M to her. Yeah, that's also- not the best idea. And also it just shows that like, yeah, Ellie, goes, Ellie does go swimming. She's already done this before. <laughs> so Yvonne is like, why are you um why are you getting M to go and sign your books? Like, are you M's best friend now? I thought you were my best friend, Jenny, because we really care about, you know, these two characters and their relationship with one another. And then um Jenny says, If you read Jenna Williams like Emma and me, you'd find out you can have two best friends. Like in her book, Friends Forever, when Emma and Ali are parted, but then Emma gets to be friends with Jampot as well. And threesomes work perfectly. Look at Nellie and Marnie and Nadia in the teen books. I was like, right, but it doesn't work. They are horrible friends to each other. <laughs> you really shouldn't compare your friendship to their friendship because even though i've seen about 10 pages worth of friendship from m jenny and yvonne i actually think their friendship is a hell of a lot nicer they all seem like very nice girls than ellie nadine and magda 100%. in the girl because their relationship was an absolute train wreck by the end <laughs> and again it's like does jacqueline wilson think this is how young people are talking about her books yeah, exactly. Like, yes, but if you read the Jenna Williams book, you would know that, like, friendships and the three do work, and we wouldn't have known yeah. this without Jacqueline Wilson's Kiss, like, M Girl series. Yeah, it's like there's a Jacqueline Wilson's Wilson book for every situation you could possibly be in. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, when Maxie is scared to go the London Eye, M's like, I kept remembering a Jenna Williams story called Flora Rose, where little Lenny gets terribly scared to go on the Millennium Wheel. I was like, that is niche. That is very niche. <laughs> that like, oh, Maxie just so happens to be scared of going on the Millennium Wheel. Just like, I can't even remember what the kid's called in Lola Rose, but just like the little brother in Lola Rose, I was like, right, yeah, okay. This is, co- this is just repetition. It is. 
it's like she's trying to show like how relatable her books are and it's like who are you trying to convince jackie who are you like, trying yeah, to convince i feel like it didn't even need to be said like we already know that jacqueline wilson speaks about like taboo issues that young people can relate to we know that everyone knows that yeah. it doesn't need to be spelled out for us <laughs> example of our other books because we just we just know that that is the truth and it, it's very very just like kind of cringeworthy i was kind of living for it though because i was like oh my god how can she fit all of her books in here because i know she has like nearly a hundred like <laughs> Are we going to get every single one just like jammed in at some point? Make like a bingo game with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, because Love Lessons wasn't even out at this point. I don't think. Yeah. I think Love Lessons was the year after. But yeah, I was like, oh, how could she even put Love Lessons in here? <laughs> you don't know. Oh, I guess she could compare herself to Grace. Yeah, it'll be like, I like reading books like Prudence. The Friends Forever reference. Yeah. You know, she talks about the character Emma gets to be friends with Jam Pot. Yeah. Who's the character Jam Pot? What, what's the name? Isn't it Biscuits? Isn't it? Biscuit, so is it? I can't remember, but I was like, when I read it, I was like, Jam Pot? Like, what is she did? What is she like switched out for Jam Pot? <laughs> yeah, so now it's Biscuits. <laughs> is he called Biscuit? Oh, that's yeah? so strange. I love it. <laughs> he's in Best Friends and he's also in um, Cliffhanger and Buried Alive. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like a recurring character. Oh, wow. He's actually a pretty good character, and if I remember correctly, he is uh, a bigger character who actually, I don't know if there's any, like, fat phobia directed towards him. We'll have to see when we read those <laughs> yeah, books, we'll but as I remember, it was pretty positive. Oh, that's good. Yeah, also, what I was going to say was, these kids are in primary school, and they've read the girls' series, which is for teenage readers, which just shows that, like... Yes, it's for teenage readers, but it's not for teenage readers. Yeah, acknowledging that. It says on the back for teenage readers, but kids that read Jacqueline Wilson's kids' books are also going to read Jacqueline Wilson's teen books. There isn't really much of a difference between them, which I thought was quite interesting. Like, is it... Did she mean to say that? Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. You know that that's what our audience does? Yeah, because that is the truth. No, I I didn't get any bad. No, the old bad stuff I got was, like, just, like, connecting to, like, the references to Jenna Williams. That was, like, an ad. I got some yikes. Do you get any yikes? Yeah. Yes, I did get some yikes. (laughs) Straight up, Em is in the changing room at the swimming baths, and a few skinniest girls giggled and whispered in the shower yeah of course of course it's the prettiest skinniest girls yeah the prettiest skinniest girls have to be evil and have to bully the overweight protagonist because that's what pretty skinny girls are like and again relating skinny to pretty and then and then like pretty to mean yeah i just don't like that it's such a cliche pretty people don't have to be evil just like how like overweight people don't have to like absolutely hate themselves or be constantly thinking of like how like animalistic they are yeah like oh god there's like a line which again i was just like give it a rest (laughs) where she's talking about like how swimming's um making like lose weight and she said i was really getting thinner too i was still fat but not ultra wobbly enormous and i was like did you have to say because you said I was getting th- thinner, thinner. I was still fat. Like, it's, like, still fat. Like, and you're still not ultra wobbly enormous. Like, that sort of imagery is just constantly, like, perpetrated to us as, like, being disgusting. Yeah. And it's, like, it's just tiring at this point. 
It truly is. And as well, it's just it's just mean like Mm -hmm. what's that doing the plot because she's saying like she's still fat she's not saying how she feels about that she's just sort of saying Um, an image in your head so it just feels very unnecessary i just got um like one other or maybe two i got one other thing where um maxi really wants to see dad because he still misses him nine months for a little child is a very long time yeah but as is that he wants to see Helter Skelter because he remembers the last time he saw his dad they went on the Helter Skelter when they were at the seaside so when Gran takes him to see the Helter Skelter the dad isn't there and that makes him upset because he associated like the Helter Skelter with his dad being there as well and the Gran says I give up he asked for a Helter Skelter in the middle of London one two three four Helter Skelters appear as if by magic and is this child delighted no he balls his head off which like read the room yeah. he didn't want the helter skelter to go on he was associating that with his dad mm-hmm. even like if it wasn't a deep thing even if he was just crying like that's not very supportive of like he's like four like like to be honest i feel like he could be even younger than four i think he could be more like three yeah. like his age isn't really said we've just kind of like stuck the label on him that he's yeah. four <laughs> um but yeah, I just don't feel like Granny's very sensitive to other people's issues any of the time. And I just really don't like it. Oh, she's <laughs> awful. And the last thing I got was just Granny very nearly just being like, no, um, you're not going to this sign-in. Um, I'm just going to buy you a Jenna Williams book instead because I can't be asked waiting in the queue, basically. Yeah. Like, that isn't what she promised. Like, the whole day out was so that Em could go and get a book signed and like grand did agree to that <laughs> and then she's like nah sorry like um i i don't want to wait in the queue <laughs> unfortunately so <laughs> she even she even says like she's just some boring middle-aged lady with a funny hair but like <laughs> i thought that's so strange that, did... that line i know like she wrote that about yeah because like oh god what does she she says something after um what's so special about her yeah like oh, god <laughs> I thought it was weird. Like, M probably has to, like, argue with her to be like, no, like, basically, the kids have spent all day, like, carrying on, and M's just being, like, looking after the kids as normal, and she just wants this one thing. Yeah. Yeah, it will take a bit of effort, because the queue's huge, but, like, do something for M. She's spent the whole book doing things for other people, and the grand's just like, yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> win that. But, but then she ends up doing it, which is good, but... When she said that, I was like, no, Ellen, thank <laughs> you. She's ridiculous. But, yeah, that was the last kind of yikes that I yeah, got. Yeah, I think that all the other yikes I got, and, like, I mean, it's just, like, to be expected at this point, but, like, I think it's because it's just constantly about Spanish people. It's, like, weird sort of, like, <laughs> stereotyping. <that's laughs> in a few books where she's, like, talking about, like, how um, the grand since um, getting with Eddie has been, like, obsessed with, like, Spanish culture. And it's like, we were just yeah. waiting for her to scrape her hair into a, a bun and don a frilly flamenco frock. Frilly, fr, fr, I can't say that. Frilly fl- flamenco frock. And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> we get it. We get it. You stamp your feet, you flamenco, yeah. we get it. I don't know, just over and over again. It's well, a bit like, what's your beef with Spanish people? <laughs> he isn't even Spanish. Like, like he's yeah. just there. <laughs> Chapter 13. In the queue, Em and the kids make friends with a girl called Molly and her dad. They wait for ages in the queue, so Em keeps the kids quiet with more dancer stories. 
Molly's dad asks if they're her own stories and is impressed with her imagination. Em has brought the notebook to show Jenna Williams but is slightly embarrassed. However, Molly and her family read through it and thinks that she should show her. She builds up the courage to show Jenna, who tells Em that she should be an author when she grows up. On the way out, she sees her dad and runs towards him, but falls over and breaks her arm. He looks noticeably different and is pleased to see Em, although Gran isn't pleased to see him. At the hospital, he tells her that he has a new girlfriend and that he's been living in the area for a while, but was too embarrassed to go and see them. Mam turns up and Dad asks for her back, but she's reluctant to trust him and says she'd rather not go through the hurt of the past year again. Em goes to bed, confused and unsettled. Oh God, right. what a chapter. So, oh God, yeah, what literally, what a chapter. Um, This chapter is quite big, and then the la- this is the second to last chapter, and then the last chapter is four pages so and um, this chapter basically is the end of the book like more or less do you think we should go through this in chronological order yeah, okay. rather than yeah. go through the good band yeah, gates it's so long yeah because it, it might be get a bit confusing if we're kind of going should back. we maybe talk about like the meeting with jenna williams first and, and yeah. like and the molly things uh, i kind of have something from when um, with like molly and stuff i have a little bit of good from that okay. bit um this bit where um, like Molly and her dad quite clearly have like a healthy father and daughter relationship and Em is a bit like not not necessarily jealous but just like she notices yeah. it and she notices it because the dad goes to get a drink or something and um, Molly says don't be long dad and then the dad says I'll be back in 10 minutes tops and then Em says he came back in exactly 10 minutes because I counted Molly didn't bother she obviously trusted him shows that she has in the past counted for her own dad when her dad said that he'll like that he's going somewhere because she doesn't trust him and she's scared that he won't come back I thought that was really effective like it's it's sad that um Em thinks it's the norm not to trust your dad yeah. I was like, that's so sad and just like how molly didn't bother like Em's kind of like oh, god i wish that i didn't have to bother yeah. as well like it's almost like it's an instinctive thing for Em to just like count when people's dads yeah. are leaving <laughs> i kind of wish that she'd done that yeah to give on. it some sort of like i don't know like more of a meaning yeah because she says it as though she does it all the time but it's the first time you see her do it but even though she only did it the once, I still thought that it was it was good. Yeah. I liked it. I've only got another like good thing from this little part. It was just Vita meeting Jenna and saying, Hi, I'm Vita. I love your books, even though she's not read any books <laughs> of hers. Will you put a whole Vita in one of them? Like, just typical Vita, isn't it? Like, she's just very yeah. self-obsessed. Because she's that where she, she doesn't really have any worries. Like... Out of the three of them, the breakup affects Vita the least, I would say, mm-hmm. or that we see. Um, she just, I think, it is too focused on herself, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> like, I like that she's confident, like, she, and that she, um, she appears to take after Gran. Yeah, I would yeah, say. I agree. Like, she, she will tell people mm-hmm. when they're in the wrong. No, I just thought that was quite cute and funny, of Vita. <laughs> no, I did, I did like all the characters that, like, that particularly all the siblings are presented. Like, you can really like they're not all the same. I like that they had like a, a realistic sibling relationship yeah. as well. They're like bickered and stuff like kids would do. I like that. Just got one yikes from this little bit. And it's um like literally when they finish meeting Jenna, Gran goes, they're happy now. I'm not sure that was worth all that long wait. I was like, I oh, come on. Like let her have a moment. Like, like can you not be happy for her? That she's 
better film. And like she said, it was like, like, like the writing was good and that. I kind of like, yeah. I thought like, like I liked that um, Jenna Williams like complimented her writing and stuff. But at the same time, yeah. I felt again it was so repetitive with the resolution because I feel like this seems like some sort of resolution that Jenna Williams is like complimented uh-huh. her and she's like, yeah, even though it didn't seem to be a big plot in the book. Same with how uh, Ellie, very similar name, was complimented when Nicola Sharp <laughs> liked her drawings. I felt like oh, it was yeah. kind of like, um, yeah. just again, the repetition. Like, I just feel like this book feels like a scrapbook of other books that she's done. Yeah, I see that. Like, how Nicola Sharp was just like, oh, you could be an, an illustrator one day. You're, you're really talented. And then Jenna Williams is like, you could be an author one day. Yeah. You're really talented. And then it was like, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Did we talk about in the last episode the author's note that where Jacqueline Wilson describes the difference between her and Jenna Williams? Or did we talk about it when we weren't oh, God, recording? I feel like we, should, we weren't recording. Is this the- <laughs> Apparently, according to Jacqueline Wilson herself, so it's probably the truth, the only difference between Jacqueline Wilson and Jenna, Jenna Williams, who is her alter ego, is that Jenna Williams has her ears pierced and Jacqueline Wilson doesn't. So that's how you tell them apart. And if you look at the drawing, the Nick Sharrick drawing, Jenna Williams does have big dangly earrings in. Why was that and, relevant? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, I guess it, or like on her part, like it's kind of cool to have like a, an alter ego character just like yeah. in one of your books. It, it's been cool like for Nick Sharrick yeah, to Yeah, she's like, give me well. some big earrings because... That is where yeah. we, we differ. <laughs> and to be fair, like, the drawing yeah, does, does really look like her. Like, obviously, she's got quite a unique style. Like, she wears black clothes and silver jewellery. So she can see that she's got, like, a black jumper on and then loads of, like, rings, like, loads of rings and bangles and necklaces yeah. and that type of thing. So, yeah, I, it's a great drawing. Have you ever no, actually no, met Jacqueline Wilson? Yeah, so I don't know if, like... The way that Jacqueline Wilson writes Jenna Williams at a signing is like accurate to how she actually yeah. is at a signing. It must be cool. Yeah, for I her, think it'd I be guess. cool to write about yourself, like make sort of like an alter ego for yourself. I mean, I found I did find it strange that the only difference I had was the pierced ears, and to, to, to <laughs> for it to mean so much that she mentioned it in the author's note, I was like, I know, off, but but I don't know. Oh it's God. just just strange. But no, I liked it. I mean. I did think it was a bit of repetition from the Nicole Sharp or Nicola Sharp or whatever. But, you know, it yeah. was nice. This is obviously for kids, so, like, kids would be excited yeah. to see her in there. But, yeah, that was all yeah, I Should we maybe talk part. about when the Meet the Dad now and the hospital stuff? Yes. Like, the beginning um, of the hospital stuff, anyway? Right. God, I- right. Okay, so, the come out of the bookshop and okay, the description of the dad... God. They don't recognise the dad. <laughs> and do you know why they don't recognise the dad? Do have a guess. Have a guess. <laughs> I will give you three seconds Three words. No fat plat. No, no fat, fat plat. plat. He looks, quote-unquote, ordinary God looking. Forbid. But then, so basically he's flirting God. with a street performer. But, and that's how they recognise him, because he's smiling. The way he's Is that not red and black woman. enough? Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, the way that he's smiling at this street performer and then they, they all run and then em is like like really running and trying to catch up with him and she falls over and hurts herself i don't really have anything I have to add book, from this bit um, from 
like when they meet him and it's kind of like because i i mean it would have been good if the book ended in a different way i guess because m kind of like is looking at him and she's sort of seeing who he is a little bit like who he actually is because like you know she's like thought of him Mm. like so amazing she loves the fat plat she loves this man like she's like this is the best person ever but she sort of sees it out and she just sees this pale thin man with short spiky hair and a grubby denim jacket telling me a whole lot of stories and i liked it i was like look she's seen Mm -hmm. him as who he is he's just like you know just he's not this fantastic person out of a book he's just a guy with a grubby jacket telling her a story and i was like yeah yeah what i like to see but it ended in such a way where i was like oh we're just gonna revert on that cool like whatever be fair in this bit grant is yeah. like speaking the truth because they're all because they all meet right but they're in the middle of london obviously it's very busy and Emma's like on the floor <laughs> and then like the other kids are just like crowding around and they're just in like a huddle and grant's like Basically, get him to hospital, stop cuddling, get off. And I was like, yes, like, what are they doing? <laughs> Just all sat there. And then they don't have to call an ambulance because we have another self, well, not self-insert, but another character that's based on a real person. And this is Jenna Williams' oh, yeah. driver. Bob. 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 <laughs> who, is, who is Jacqueline Wilson's real driver? I don't know if his name's Bob in real life, but she did mention that they brought yeah. him in as well. Bob's like, oh, it's okay. Um, I have the car. Uh, I'll just drive you. And then this, I got this as bad. Grant's like, oh, it's a Mercedes. Like, that's important at this moment. Like, the fact that she stopped to be like, it's a Mercedes. And, like, a granddaughter, like... And is Jacqueline Wilson actually trying to flex on us right now? Like, she's full on, like, yeah, I've got a Mercedes. What are you going to do about it? It's like, I feel like a real princess. Like... Rita, you are seven. You do care about the fact that this is a Mercedes. No seven-year-old would, unless you were really into cars, which Vita yeah. isn't, as far as I know. She she just would not care. And then, <laughs> and then, oh, I thought this is yikes for the Disney Howl, right? Brands in the front seat, and she turns around and goes, "Em, you're not bleeding, are you? Mind the upholstery." Oh my god. Like she cares more about about this this fancy car than that she's been sat in for ten seconds about her granddaughter. Like, oh, don't believe Jacqueline Wilson's Mercedes that we also like we all care about from the bottom of our hearts. Oh Christ! And then the hospital bit. Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready to move on to the hospital bit? So, Grand's like, we should phone your mum. Em's like, yeah, I need mum and dad. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. I, that is understandable. Like, you, you want both your parents, like, you're a little kid, mm-hmm. you want both your parents there to comfort you. And, yeah, I just thought that was, like, quite quite a good thing. Like, even though, God, it's so hard reading this as an adult because he your is, dad is such but... a bastard. <laughs> you just you just want to be like, well, he's so understandable as a kid, but... she would. Um, and then the dad is emotional. He's crying because he blames himself for breaking him's arm. And uh, Grand goes, "Yes, well, you might <laughs> <sleep."> <laughs> like, I yeah, hate the dad's uh, the way the dad's talking to the kids in the hospital as well. He's like, he's so manipulative that it's like crazy. Like he he blames it onto because yeah. like they're all like obviously traumatized. I haven't seen the dad in like how long? 
and he says i knew i wasn't wanted it was going to be a clean break remember that's what your mum wanted and it's like yeah don't blame me blame your mum yeah. it's like yeah blame the mum that's been looking after them on her own for how long and like oh, oh god, god in this bit like you just see him as like the coward he is like in this as well which also it just it's like the russell thing all over again in the girls thing like you see him as the antagonist he is yeah, in the end, there's hope with him. And I'm like, I don't I don't get that. Like, this bit where he's like, I couldn't stand all the rows and all the sadness and feeling like it was all my fault. I wanted everyone to be happy. Then I'm happy too. So I tried to put you all out of my mind and I know I should have kept in touch. I know I should have sent your mum money. That's another reason um, why I went. I've been such a failure. Blah, 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 blah. Like, um, I thought it would be beyond me for me. I want to be happy. And it's like, why are you telling your kids this? Like, like little pathetic coward that like can't even look his kids in the eyes and admit it was his fault he literally cannot admit it was his fault no not at all and also like what i got from that was he doesn't like people being mad at him for valid reason like couldn't stand all the rows and the sadness and the feeling that it was his fault but yeah cheated Mm -hmm. on Sam. And um, kept it a secret from mm-hmm. her for six months. And then expected his young children yeah. to be fine with that. Expected his wife to be fine with that. He wasn't contacting her. And when he did come to the house that one time, he didn't speak to her. He literally ran out the door. She was completely up in the air. It affected her physical health and her mental health. It affected her children's mental health. He, he kidnapped he his children at one point. With the preceding eight nine months didn't um provide for his children and didn't keep in contact with them but you know he just wanted everyone to be happy like no what would have made them happy would be like honesty basically like honesty would have made people more happy than what he actually did completely he's awful he's he's just a rat isn't he like oh my god this bit i thought was yeah. awful but quite well written because um obviously is like dad what <laughs> happened to your <laughs> and then the dad's like oh um hannah made me uh cut it off and then i was like your girlfriend's called sarah and then, <laughs> and then he's like oh no i'm not with sarah anymore uh, i'm with hannah and when I broke up with when I broke up with Sarah, I moved back down here and met Hannah. And then Em's like, right, so you've been in the area for God knows how long, and you haven't even thought to yeah. come and see us. I like that as well. Again, it antagonizes him because it shows that he didn't leave the mum for this perfect fairy tale romance he had with Sarah. They literally broke up. Like, yeah. doesn't it say like not too long after he left? Yeah, literally like, soon after I went to Scotland. God, he's... The, he spun it like, oh, I've met someone else and I'm in love with her. But it Were you absolutely flabbergasted wasn't... when... Because he, he's saying, like, oh, I've got this girlfriend, Hannah. And then he's like, oh, I want to get back with your mum. And he's like, yeah. what? You just said you had a girlfriend. Yeah. Like, he literally... And the way he says it, I was really <laughs> sick all over myself. It was like, how are we going to reunite foolish King Francesco <laughs> with poor, long-suffering Queen Juliana? Like, oh, shut up. Like... That angered it's, me. Oh, I was like, "It's foolish, King Francesco. You've been gone nine months, and now you're like turning it into a wood joke. It's yeah, literally. It's not a fairy story. It's reality, and 
every single person in that family, honestly, including mm-hmm. Gran to an extent, so badly affected by you just deciding that you couldn't be asked having a family yeah. and you are, and ruin your family's life I know. for your own selfish gain. It's absolutely disgusting. Like, we, these, like, four pages here, it's so much bad stuff. Like, like how when... um. Because obviously Emma's broke her arm, so she's getting a cast put on it. She gets chooses a green one, obviously, because yeah. it Princess Emerald, you know. And then Dad, Dad's like, Emma's been my Princess Emerald ever since she was little. Look, she's all dressed up in green today. She's even got wondrous emerald hair. Because Jenna Williams' new book that she's doing the signing for is The Emerald Sisters, The Diamond Girls. So Emma's, Emma's like, oh, this is fake, because I'm yeah. Princess Emerald, so I'm going to wear green. And she like, green streak in her hair and then Em's like oh no it wasn't because of that it was because of the new book is called the emerald sisters so i wore green and then dad goes he nodded sadly oh well i guess you're getting too old for my fairy stories i know like... okay just make her feel bad like deliberately trying to make it look like he's upset by God, her he's the worst. like and also yeah she is too old to be just going along with everything that he says. He's a compulsive liar. Oh, you haven't liar. Like, done this for me, even though I haven't been present in your life for like a year. How dare you? Really, like, oh, I've missed my dad so much that I'm only <laughs> going to die in green. Like, why not? Oh, this bit as well. When he says to Julie, I suppose I've come back. I still love you, Julie. I want to be with you and the kids. Say you'll take me back. I was like, you've come back. No, you haven't. They bumped into you. They literally ran into you when you were flirting with some woman you're like oh, yeah. rap man like say you like where is this come from two pages ago you seem pretty yeah. happy with this new girlfriend like what's she gonna think like this man is absolutely to- like deadly toxic for <laughs> and he has these people and no understanding really of anything and anything he's done because when she's like like oh. what no He's like, what's up with you, Julie? You seem so dot, 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 hard. And it's like, why do you think? You're like, oh, my God. To be fair to Julie, she is like, wait a second. You've not given us a second thought. Yeah. You haven't been in touch for months. You haven't sent a the kids in ages. They could have starved for all you cared. And I was like, yes, literally that. Like, don't let him, like, w- try and win you over with love, like, because it's fake, like it's not real. Hold your own and say no. This is actually what happened while you were gone. We all oh, really God. struggled. Yeah, I was like, yes, Julie, come on. Then what? Uh, do you know what he said in response to that? That's why I was up in London today. I was going to get a signed copy of Jenna Williams's latest book for M and send it as a special surprise. But M told him on the previous page about the signing, <laughs> it's just so a that is a lie again. Like, he doesn't even know anything about Jenna Williams for a start. And also, why would he just yeah. be sending Emma book and not the other two kids? Like, just lying through his teeth to try and get back with the man. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually had broken up with this Hannah girl. Yeah. And, and he's like, oh, I'll be with you. Like, oh, my God, he's, he's horrific. Yeah. And, like, he, like, this bit where he says, um, like, he's like, yeah, we'll just pretend it didn't happen. He's like, it hasn't happened, Dad said urgently. We're rewinding right the way back to before Christmas. We're still a family, you, me, and the kids, and we all love each other. It's all going to work out. You'll see. It'll work, won't it, Em, if we wish hard enough? Like, you talk Like, bringing Em into it. Like, 
being like if we wish hard enough it'll happen like forgive me even though like i'm not gonna say sorry like just pretend it hasn't happened ignore your own feelings for me please because i'm like i'm quite sad at the moment so like if you just ignore the past mm-hmm. year pretend like nothing's ever happened then our relationship will just be see like, this would be a good part in the book if it went like if he said that and then and went no dad yeah. we can't wish hard enough because it has happened um, I don't want to like you. You have to go, yes. and then it ends, and then the grant. Like she also says to the grant, and I don't like you. And she kicks the grant at the curb, and like the mom and Vita <laughs> and Maxi and M like go out the hospital, like arm and cast, like ready to take on the world. Like yeah, that's what I would have <laughs> liked to see. That oh that could have been the that the, been the make or break of it, and yes. it, it really did break. It looks like it's going that way because. Julie, again, comes back at him. We're going home now. If you want to stay in touch, that'll be wonderful, especially for the kids. But we can't just wave a magic wand and pretend like this year hasn't happened. Like, yeah. yes, Julie, put your kids first. Protect you from this man who is only going to cause awful. them pain, honestly. And then, he, then she's like, come on, Em, let's go. And then the dad calls <laughs> the grand a mean-spirited old witch. And I was like that's completely uncalled for and then he's like i was just i'm just helping my family get home like at this point you cannot call them your family because you've not tracked them why does he think he has a right to make any sort of comment no and clearly the mama said that she doesn't want their help or his help she wants to be on her own with her children which is completely valid and completely fair it ends and the dad goes in the taxi with them and oh, then he leaves. This last little bit I thought was really good. Um, this little last paragraph, she says, I didn't know whether he wanted to stay with his new girlfriend or come and live with us. I didn't know whether he really had been going to get me a Jenna Williams book. I didn't know whether he thought my ring was a real emerald. I didn't know whether I'd ever get it back again anyway or because she gave him it because um, her hand was swelling, so she took a ring off. Um, I didn't know whether my wish had come true or not. You just can't trust him. Like, I think a shortened version of this, yeah. in a nutshell, you just can't trust him. And that trust has broken and she'd never be able to get it back. And even even though she's met him and her wish that day was to see her dad in London, she saw her dad in London, but she's like, but I don't know whether it was good. I don't know whether it was what I thought it would be because... Now I'm just thinking of all the negative things. Yeah, completely. And the negative things are true. Yeah, it would have been nice for it to end on a <laughs> but we have one more chapter left. <laughs> chapter 14. It's Christmas Eve again, and Gran has gone to Spain to see Eddie. Dad has sent them Christmas presents and some money, but he hasn't been to see them. At midnight, they go to bed, but someone knocks on the door and shouts ho, ho, ho through the letterbox. Em says it's going to be the best Christmas ever. <laughs> I wish I was like, joking. What? what this this is like skinheads going to a 13th birthday party like bad like like what or like Russell McDonald's bad like does not match the energy at all that we've been carrying throughout this book. Is this our happy ever after? The dad's back. No. And he's giving them presents, buying them love again, and that's it. Like even like at the beginning of the chapter, it says he hasn't come to see us. Like read the room. He does not yeah. care. 
I was reading mm-hmm. online what people thought about the ending. And someone said, well, it doesn't say yeah. that it's the dad. So it might not be the dad. No, I thought it's massively insinuated but who else the dad. Would it be? Like, it's so weird because it obviously skips to Christmas. It says that the dad hasn't been involved with them. So yeah. why are they all excited? Like, well, it makes no sense the way thought, at all. Because like, obviously I feel like, especially towards the end of the book, it's focused on how M's been wishing the whole time for a dad to come back, but he hasn't because he's a rat. Like, yeah. just before the end, the mum says, I'm so stupid. I'm like you, I'm wishing and wishing. How stupid is that? Wishes never come true the way you want. Then we heard a noise downstairs, um, tapping mm-hmm. at the door and a letterbox banging. So it's like, no, wishes do come true. It's like, if you wish your um, horrible dad to come back, he will. And it's like, hmm, very nice message. <laughs> like, I don't see how yeah, this is like, a happy ever after. It's not, because if this book was about the grieving process of a parent leaving, you love this person, but you, over the course of a year, you learn that they actually have a lot of flaws and that they actually don't really care about you and they only have their interests at heart to the point where even as a child, you can confidently say, I'm better off without this person. Even if they are a parent, yeah. that would have been a really interesting book. I think it had a lot to say and it would have been quite helpful for people stuck in that situation. But instead we're right back to where we started it's clear that he is not going to change in the slightest yeah because he can't see that he's ever at fault all that character development and uh, yeah the kids love like it. at the end of a book even if it doesn't have to be a happy ending end. like if it's three they have to be in a different place where they were at the start whether that's happier sadder or if they just learned something or grown in a different way but this yeah. literally reverts them right to the beginning and they're about to go through this entire cycle of hurt all over again. So I don't, at the end of the book, I didn't see the yeah. point in reading it. Because I was like, there's no, no nothing no. different. Like, it hasn't told me anything important. No, not in the slightest. It, I I was speechless. Like, why would, why would she ever think of I know, I put this as the, book the like second that. worst ending we've ever read. Yeah, after Ellie and Russell out there yeah i agree but then again yeah i agree i I do like like, if you think back to every single ending we've looked at love lessons ends where prudence has got a new school and the pedo gets away with it kiss ends where yeah sylvie and carl kiss russell and ellie end up maybe getting together again have we ever had a good ending no we've never read yeah well an ending that we liked we've never like i think what we're getting at here is that she like what? isn't great with endings how would you have ended it i mean you talked about it a little bit before I but think um we'll keep everything how, how it was right it? and then he says that bit where he's like isn't that true and we can just yeah. keep on wishing and then everything goes quiet and em's like but we can't yeah. dad because you're just an hor- horrible like rat in a <laughs> <laughs> and like you've hurt mum I prefer mum yeah we don't want anything to do with you Julie's like yeah we're, we've had enough and then Julie turns to the grand and is like and I don't like the way you talk about my kids 
we're get, we're getting a house, we're moving away from you, yeah. and they walk out the hospital, and then then he goes to a Christmas day where they've got like even if it's just like a new place, even if it's like a small flat, they're, they're away from the grand and the dad, and it's Julie, the three kids. Julie apologizes to Em for making her look after the kids the whole time, and they have the best Christmas ever. And then they say maybe it was going to be the best Christmas ever, and that's where I finish it. Yeah, like maybe it's the best Christmas ever because the three, the four of them are, are together, and it's there's a lot of love in the yeah. room, and it's safe, and there's no arguments. I yeah, like oh, that. I love you that. I love. I think that's really good. I mean, yeah, like that is pretty perfect to be honest. Like I'm trying to think of um of anything that I would change. Um, yeah, the grand can yeah. go live in Spain and sell the house, go live in Spain with Eddie become yeah. properly ingrained in Spanish culture like she wanted. Um, <laughs> we can, yeah, so she sells the house. She is like, Julie, I've been a shit mom to you, a shit grant of the kids. I know you've been struggling. Have some yeah. money from selling the house to get yourself a flat. She, mm-hmm. yep. she stops paying the rent on the shop. So she has extra money coming in. So she doesn't have to work as much. She can spend more time with the kids. She is... She's a single mum, which is hard, but she's great. She She's a great mum, very supportive. And even though sometimes, yeah, they do think about the dad, they they also have, yeah. they think about the negatives that came with him as well, all the lies and the deceit and the, you know, never knowing where you stand and they're like, yeah, we're better off without him. That would and yeah, be then they have the lovely. It's the best Christmas ever. But no. <laughs> but no. Basically, the message is like, even if your parent is absolutely horrible, emotionally abusive to everyone around them. Um, yeah, and like everything can go back sorry, to normal and you good. just wish it hard enough. Yeah. Which no, is just not at all. Real, it's not the case in real life. Um, so mm-hmm. we put a call out <laughs> at the beginning of us recording. It's about three hours since we started recording. Ooh. And so I'll check the poll and <laughs> it will decide what we're doing next. Because <laughs> we thought we could maybe make our, our Instagram page if you don't follow it. Because we're busy with uni and stuff. We're not like massively active on there. Like we post yeah. a couple of times every month, I would say. So if we make it more interactive with you guys and you guys can like pick what we review next. Um, we thought yeah, that could be fun. like a, a cute little thing for us to do. Yeah, so we want to get the teen books done because we're basically done with them. So the choice was between Love Frankie and Lola Rose. Oh, what was the percentage? We are going to be doing Lola Rose. Okay. It was 78% for Lola Rose and 20% for Love Frankie. Super excited because I, yeah, and all I know about it is <laughs> didn't the front cover have a shark on it? Yeah. And a rose, yeah. <laughs> So yep. we shall see you in a couple of weeks' time for that. Yeah, and uh, stay tuned yeah, on our books um, Instagram for more polls and stuff. See you then. Thanks for watching our episode of Clean Break. Tune in next time to hear us talk about Lola Rose. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach us at Instagram and Twitter at DonHandReviews, or if you'd like to email us, you can email us at donhand 273 at gmail.com. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>